Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. Today I want to look at uh, defining moments in our life. And we have a couple of... uh, Explanations. Dictionary.com, one of the most authoritative sources on vocabulary, says a defining moment is a point at which the essential nature or character of a person or group is revealed or identified. So I want to encourage you, think about some defining moments in your life. An article on Forbes.com describes a defining moment as a point in your life when you urged to make a pivotal decision or when you experience something so, um, so, I guess, life-changing that it fundamentally changes you. Think about your life. What are some of those defining moments in your life that have helped to shape and mold you to who you are now? And as you're thinking, <laughs> I'm going to share a few defining moments in my life. Um, I remember when I was probably seven or eight, okay, I'm the oldest of several boys, and my brother Dustin, who's a year and a half younger than me, I was sitting on the couch in our living room in the front of the house, and there's, a, you know, the front window behind us, and I was sitting on the couch, I'm sure, minding my own business, and my brother picks up, he picks up this heavy red toy apple, and he does this, and he's looking right at me, and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, he's going to throw it, surely he's not going to throw that, because I knew how heavy it was. And as he gets ready to haul back, I see in his eyes, he's committed to throwing it, and I have this defining moment. Do I take it in the face? Or do I duck and save this beautiful face? And I guess you can tell looking at me that I ducked. And so, (laughs) to this day, my dad still blames me for that broken window. He said, boy, you should have never ducked. And because of me, we had to replace that window. So, uh, another defining moment is when um, I was in college and uh, went to Panama City Beach, Florida for 10 weeks, summer beach project. And I remember um, one of the first weeks down there, uh, me and a couple guys, we noticed some cute uh, sisters in Christ, and we wanted to get to know them. And so... Uh, we invited, you know, I, there was one that had caught my attention. Uh, her name was Alyssa Russell, and uh, she's the most beautiful girl there. And so uh, we asked her, and we, I think we went to Walmart, got some sandcastle building kits, and uh, we took them out to Seaside, me and two buddies, and we had three girls, took them out to Seaside, and just in the moonlight, you know, we spent some time just sharing our testimonies, getting to know each other, building sandcastles, and... Um, Alyssa and I discovered that we're terrible at building sandcastles that summer. Is, so we ended up just kind of piling the sand up and making it two rows. looks like a cross, and uh, it was embarrassing. But, but the very next day, the very next day, I get a knock on my door. And uh, I open the door, and there stands Alyssa with a plate of fresh chocolate chip cookies. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. 
And she was really pretty too. <laughs> that was a real defining moment in my life. Because I remember thinking to myself right then, this is the girl I want to marry. And uh, sure enough, about 14 months later, we're married. And so I found me a good one. Um, a couple other defining moments in my life. My children love cats. I don't. And so we've gone through several cats. Usually they don't make it to the one-year mark. They disappear. Animals. I don't know what happens. It's crazy. But we've gone through several cats. Well, I remember we had one decent cat. He was a great cat. Named him, I think it's Oscar. Well, Oscar uh, somehow got hit by a car. And so he come dragging in, and it's obvious he's in bad shape. And so I think a list of the girls were going to school that day, and so it's up to me, what are you going to do with the cat? I could tell you what I wanted to do with the cat. Yeah. One less cat would be great. So I took it to the vet. You know, just what kind of, what kind of condition is it in? That would kind of help me make my decision. Well, come to find out I had broke hip. You know, it's going to take a little surgery. And so I was at this moment of decision. Do I spend three or $400 on a cat that I do not like? Or I just call my wife and say, honey, he's beyond repair. We're just going to put him down. Okay, it was, it was a defining moment in my life. And here's where the real defining point was. It was my anniversary weekend. My wife loved the cat. And so I had to decide in that defining moment what was more important to me. So we had surgery on the cat. And, <laughs> and then it ran off like three months later. So... <laughs> Uh, I tell you, um, one other defining moment in my life I want to share. I grew up in church, and like some of you teenagers right now, I kind of tuned out. Okay, I didn't have a cell phone, but I, you know, I was flick my brother, elbow him, or you know, I was totally distracted with something else in the room. And so, I honestly went to church because my parents made me. And you know, I'll be honest, I'm very thankful that my parents took me to church every Sunday. And even though I didn't want to be there, I was very thankful my parents continue uh, to invest in uh, my life and, and make that a priority. So I went to, I went to college, and uh, I was pretty selfish. Okay, the way I did things, uh, I did it my way. I was selfish, and uh, the way I lived was by the desires of my flesh. And I wanted to, in high school, I wanted to be the kind of person everybody liked. And in order to do that, I, I had a tendency to be a little extra crazy. And so to be liked, to be the fun person in the crowd, I would do crazy stuff. And uh, just, to be honest with you, as I continued to live for myself and push that, my life began to crumble. And just the emptiness that I felt... Uh, it wasn't satisfying. And so as in college, I met some guys who loved to go to church. Okay, they loved Jesus. They loved people. 
And as I got to know them, they reached out and kind of befriended me and took me out to eat. And that was probably the what convinced me that they're awesome is every time we'd hang out, they'd always buy my lunch or something. And so these guys shared through their life, their example, their love for Jesus. And I remember they invited me to a Bible study. And in that Bible study, I learned that to know God is more than just to know who he is. You know, to know that more than that Jesus is a son of God, he died, he rose from the grave, sent into heaven. Um, there's more to it than that. I discovered what it meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes, praise the Lord. And so God used a particular verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17, to speak to my heart. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so God used that verse to speak to my heart and reveal to me Cheyenne. Here you say you're a Christian because you go to church. But you're still living for yourself. You're living by the desires of your flesh. You don't know me. And so I discovered the Bible study, what it meant to know Jesus is not just a Savior, but as my Lord, by trusting in Him. And so that was a defining moment in life. And I remember, I couldn't tell you the date, but it's somewhere in the spring of 2000. I remember laying in my dorm room bunk bed, thinking to myself, you know what? I'm tired of living for myself. I'm tired of trying to do it my way. I'm just tired of flopping through life. And I think I knew the answers, and I tried to have fun and find joy and fulfillment, but really... Um, the next morning, the headache outweighed the fun I might have had the night before. And so that's when probably one of the most significant defining moments of my life is when I recognized my need for Jesus Christ. I was hopeless without him. And when I put my trust, my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. That was the defining moment that forever changed me. And I want to ask you tonight, have you personally trust in Jesus Christ. Because when you do, when you discover his love, his joy, the life we have in him, that is a moment that will ever define, forever define who you are. You're no longer in your old nature. You are new in Christ. And I've been studying a lot in Colossians lately. And so I want to encourage you to join me in Colossians chapter 1. So if you have a Bible, I want to encourage you to pull it out. If you have a pen or a pencil, Bust it out. I want to encourage you to circle some things in the book of Colossians. Underline and circle some things. What happened is Epaphras shared the good news of Jesus with the people Colossae. And the people there were at a moment, a defining moment, where they had to decide to choose. Do I choose Christ or do I continue in our pagan ways? And so what happened is a church was born. Some people accepted Christ. Well, Paul never met them. Paul never met or been to Colossae. And so uh, Paul's in jail. Epaphras comes and visits Paul, and he's sharing with Paul what's going on there in this city. And so Paul writes to encourage the believers at Colossae to, uh, to walk in Christ. And so as he's encouraging them, Paul shares some things that are very helpful to us today. Very helpful. And so uh, I invite you to join with me. 
Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 19 to 22, and then I'll skip over to chapter 22, or chapter 2, we'll read verses 9 to 14. We're going to camp out in Colossians chapters 1, 2, and then a little bit in 3. So follow along and be ready to underline, uh, to make some notes, I'll have you write down some things. And as we dig into God's Word, we're not even going to be able to really touch the fullness of what this letter explains or shares. And so I want to encourage you this week, spend time. Spend time reading through the book of Colossians. This letter that Paul wrote, read through it. It's a four-chapter letter. Okay, it's very short. Spend time this week. Read through it two or three times. Parents, make time with your children. Spend time as a family reading through God's Word together. And I'm going to tell you, I understand the struggle of making time, getting your family to sit down and read God's Word together. But I'm telling you, there's so much joy in growing and walking in Christ together as a family. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, that is Jesus, and through Jesus to reconcile all things to Himself having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through his death in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach. This is a defining moment. When you accept Jesus Christ, it defines, it changes who you are. We have a new nature, a new identity. And when we understand who we are in Christ, that will radically affect how we live and walk in our everyday life. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to read verses 9 to 14. Verse 9, For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete. He is the head over all rule and authority. And in him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised up with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt, consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Get again an amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Before Christ... Paul hints at our condition, who we are before Christ. And if you personally have never trusted in Jesus Christ, if you're still living in your old nature for yourself, I want to encourage you to think about your condition. Colossians 1 verse 13, Paul discusses how we were rescued from the domain of darkness. Think about that, domain of of darkness, the domain, the power of darkness, the authority of darkness. Before Christ, you are living 
in the domain of darkness. Darkness can uh, refer to a, a confusion, can refer to a blindness to the truth. When you think of darkness, think of darkness as an absence of light. Okay, in the Bible, the scriptures often use a light to refer to God. You see that in John, 1 John. Darkness. What does darkness use to rule and control us? It uses fear. Darkness uses fear to control us. And so if, if we are in the darkness, we remain in confusion, blinded to the truth, guided by fear. Colossians 1.21, we just read, mentions that we were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds. Colossians 2.13, dead in your transgressions. Apart from Christ, darkness and sin leads to death and separation from God. But that's not where God left us, is it? God didn't leave us in a hopeless situation forever separated from him. God reached out over and over throughout history, but through his son, Jesus Christ, he made a new way. We may walk in the newness of his life. And I want to encourage you, Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20, talks about the supremacy, the incomparable Christ, and I'm going to read Colossians 2, 9 to 10, just to summarize real quick. Paul reminds them, for in Christ, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. Jesus was fully God, fully man. Okay, He understood our struggle in the flesh, yet he was fully God. In verse 10, in him you have been made complete. He is the head over all rule and authority. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus doesn't want you to, to know enough of him that you can get a ticket to heaven. Jesus wants you to walk with him, be the Lord of your life. So if we say yes to Jesus, then we are radically changed. We're given a new nature. We become a new creation in him. And so I want to encourage you, in your Bible, I want to have you circle some things. Starting in Colossians 1, verse 13, I want you to circle some things. We are new in Christ. And I want you to think about the power, how this affects our identity as who we are. Because sadly, some of us are still living as if our past is our identity. Some of us struggle to move forward because of an event in the past or because of Maybe some bad decisions. But in Christ, you stand complete and whole. And we're going to look at what and who we are in Christ as a new creation. So, starting off, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13. Jesus rescued us from the domain of darkness. Circle the word, for he rescued. He rescued us. And this, in the Greek, it's, it has a way of referring to being drawn out to and for God. He rescued us from the domain of darkness. 
Where did he draw us to? He transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He didn't just pull us together and leave us in darkness. He completely removed us in Christ. By faith in Jesus, God completely removes us from the power of darkness. You no longer have to live in fear. You no longer have to live controlled by the flesh under the power of sin. You have been completely rescued and free from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. What does that word beloved reference? God's relationship to Jesus. How would you describe it? Love. It's beloved son. And so in Christ, God wants to relate to us, just as he relates to his son, he wants to relate to us in his son's kingdom and love. So circle the word transferred. He rescued us. We've been transferred to the kingdom of his beloved son. The verse right before it, Paul writes, we give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share an inheritance of the saints in the light. Because he pulls us out of darkness and gives us new life in his son, we have been qualified to share in the saints' inheritance. Underline that in your Bible. We are qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. And God's love and presence and intimate relationship with Jesus and God the Father. All right, verse 14. He rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now these two words kind of go hand in hand. Redemption refers to what? Redemption, it means we've been purchased. Okay? It's a, it means a, a buying back from, a repurchasing, or winning back what was previously forfeited or lost. Redemption. Jesus dying on a cross, shedding his blood, he purchased, he wins back what was previously forfeited or lost in the garden. You have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. You have been redeemed. You've been purchased. And so you're no longer your own. You are Christ. And because his blood purchased, paid in full, there's forgiveness. Colossians 1.19 says, For it is the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Christ. Verse 20. And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Peace. Circle that word. Verse 20, peace. He made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, Paul writes, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated, hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you, his fleshly body, through death. In order, why? In order to present you before him holy, blameless, beyond reproach. Circle those words, holy, blameless. You now stand before God. A new person. No longer guilty of sin. You're made new. And so your identity is not driven by 
bad decisions or who you were in your past. In Christ, you're a new creation. Live and walk in Him, Paul writes. We are forgiven. That is total forgiveness. Okay, we're not forgiven of all of our sins at the moment we accept Christ. And then we have to continue to ask for forgiveness every day. Think about it. All of our sins were future tense when Jesus died on the cross. So when he died on the cross, he paid in full the price for all of our sin. We're completely, fully forgiven. And that payment for our sin is activated by faith. So once and for all, we're no longer condemned. I think it's uh, Romans 8.1. Therefore, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Blameless, without blemish, forgiven, holy. Think about the word holy. What does that mean? Think about the word holy. What is that reference? It's kind of like Swiss cheese. Kind of like some of y'all's jeans. <laughs> holy. Holy means to be set apart by or for God. Holy, sacred. Likeness of nature with the Lord because different from the world. God is holy. And he is calling us to be holy, just as he is holy. How does this happen? Because, you know, some of us still think we have this struggle with the flesh, the fleshly nature. Okay, and that's a... If you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You know, 2 Corinthians 5.17 didn't say, Therefore, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation with both a fleshly nature and a new nature. No, it says, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone. How does that happen? Colossians 2.11 In him you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. In Christ, the flesh no longer has control over us. The flesh no longer is a driving force in our life because in Christ we're a new creation. And he removes that flesh's ability to control us. Our flesh is put to death. It's burial in baptism, like verse 12, having been buried with him in baptism, which you were also raised with him. Through faith, working with God who raised him from the dead. Verse 13, you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, but now he has made you alive together with him. The flesh no longer has a hold or controlling. We're no longer under the power of sin. You are new in Christ. And that is a defining moment that are forever, when you understand who you are in Christ, that changes how you face situations throughout the day, how you face what could be temptations. It changes because you're no longer under the power of sin that rules your flesh. We're new in Christ. And it's a beautiful thing when we're made anew in Christ. So Colossians 2.13, underline where it says, He made you alive together with Him. Underline that in your Bible. You have been made alive together with Christ.
Paul referenced in chapter 1, verse 27. Uh, verse 27, he talks about the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you. Colossians 1, 27, if you have that, underline Christ in you. Circle that. Christ in you. In verse uh, chapter 3, verse 1, I'm going to read a few scriptures here in chapter 3, verse 1. Paul writes, Therefore, if you've been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on this earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Think about it. Yes, we have the freedom to walk in the grace and truth of Jesus Christ. So why would we want to flirt with the things of darkness? Why would we flirt with the things that we struggled so much with in our past? Personally, when I finally understood who I was in Christ as a new creation, it's out of love for Jesus that I long to know Him, to walk with Him. And, I, and as I grew in Christ, and as I learned to walk with Him, I, I developed a, a dislike for the things of this world. And yes, there were some bad habits, but through the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, I am set free. And I encourage you tonight, this afternoon, today, maybe sometime this week, I encourage you to think about who you are. And if you're in Christ, that is the most significant defining moment in your life. Walk in Him. Colossians 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will be revealed of Him in glory. In Colossians 2, I'm going to finish with this verse. If you've been made new in Christ, Colossians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. Underline this whole two verses. Colossians 2. Verses 6 and 7. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in Him and established in your faith, just as you were instructed, overflowing with gratitude. Walk in Christ. Grow in Him. Firmly rooted and established. Encourage one another. Build each other up. And together, we can grow and walk with Him. We're going to close with prayer. I invite you to stand with me. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.